Welcome to the Revelation podcast and welcome to the Savage Viewpoint. The Savage Viewpoint is available on Rumble and on YouTube it is at Patmos Channel. Patmos Channel. And for those who are listening to the audio by Spotify, Apple, or even Anchor, you can see the visual of this presentation either at YouTube at Patmos Channel or at Rumble. And let me quickly just point out that since yesterday, I decided to go off Facebook and I'm no longer on Twitter nor am I on Instagram. As a patriot, I decided to take against these tyranny big tech companies that want to silence our free speech. So I am no longer on those platforms and I'm on other platforms. I am on Parler and so once Parler gets going, I'll go ahead and put more content as well. As of right now, I'm on MeWe and I am at Rumble. Those are two places that I am right now. I'm still on YouTube and eventually I might get to the point where I'll be completely off of YouTube. But I think it's a good neutral ground to be on because there are still people out there that is uncertain of what's going on. They're not sure what to think. They don't know who is right or who is wrong. And I pray to God that you happen to find this audio and hopefully that this can be a help to you. And what I want everyone to do when they are listening or seeing this is to do your own research. Conduct your own research. And for those that can hear but not see, I recommend to give a visual of this presentation. Now, today, what I like to do is I like to read a book by William Guy Carr. And the name of the book is The Conspiracy. The Conspiracy to Destroy All Existing Governments and regions. That is what I would like to read for us. And what I will end up doing is I will end up talking about William Guy just a little bit. And then I'll take you at the end of this book, The Conspiracy. So you can kind of see who he is and what he did. And then I will go through the book called The Conspiracy. And it's really a short book. It's a 23-page book. And it gives a good overview of what the Illuminati is. Now, I'm not some kid in the basement that's just going to post up pictures and point out this is Illuminati, da-da-da-da. Now, I'm not going to do any of that. What I'm going to do is even better, is I am going to point out facts about the Illuminati. And throughout the conspiracy by William Guy Carr, I'm going to provide you a pretty good timeline on how things developed and what happened. And as you're listening to this, I will encourage you to ask yourselves, uh, what is going on right now? What we read about in the past from William Guy Carr is something that we are seeing right now. All right, to start off in this presentation, the first place I would like to go is to the Wikipedia page. I would like to begin there so that we can see that this guy did exist. And of course, Wikipedia is run by the communist left. And they're going to interpret this as this guy is sort of anti-Semite. And that he's against the Jews. 
Well, I believe that this guy was a born-again Christian. And if you're a born-again Christian, you're not going to be against God's people, the Jews. Now, not all people of the Jews are God's people. If remember in Revelation, Jesus called the Jews a synagogue of Satan. And of course, these Jews were ones that rejected him and his followers. All right, on to the Wikipedia page. All right, you can see right here, William Guy Carr. He was born June 2nd, 1895, and he died October 2nd, 1959. He was a born English in Canada. He was a naval officer. He was a naval officer, author, conspiracy theorist, and people have accused him for being anti-Semite. Now, about conspiracy theorists, remember that it was the government that coined the label conspiracy theory. They did that because people were questioning the Kennedy assassination. Now that people are questioning the government of being interdimensional demonic pedophiles, the government has labeled them as Q conspirators. Now, Q conspirators are not really conservatives. They are more of a combination of Hinduism with right-wing ideology. I mean, a great example of the Buffalo guy. The Buffalo guy is part of Q. He is a New Age spiritist. Over on his Twitter site, you can see him claim to be a servant of God and a shaman. But for those that know the Bible should know that Jesus says no one can serve two masters. Either, he's got, either they got to serve him or this world. There is no in-between. And when people say, I'm a servant of God and I'm a shaman, well, they're actually working for the devil and they just don't know it yet. Well, onward to William Guy Carr. As you can see, you could begin to look into Wikipedia to get some basic information about him. And he has written some books. Um, the one that I encourage is called Pawns in the Game. You can see that he has written Pawns in the Game. And maybe someday I'll kind of go through that book over an audio. Now, the one that we will be looking at is The Conspiracy. As you can see, he did that right here. The Conspiracy Destroy All Existing Governments. The Conspiracy Destroy All Existing Governments. And right now, the communists are trying to destroy the United States. The United States is standing in the way of the communist totalitarian takeover. And I believe eventually the Antichrist will rise through that. Because communism is Luciferian doctrine. It's just that it's been repackaged. It's also been repackaged into fascism, Roman Catholicism, Islam. And whatever isms you could think of, those are just repackages of Satan's doctrine. Now, let us go to the conspiracy. Destroy all existing governments. And where I will begin is I'll begin at the end of the book. At the end of the book tells a little bit more about William Guy Carr. About the author. 
Commander's cars. Last two works are now coming forth posthumously. The first and smallest of these is this work. They deal with the international conspiracy and are based upon investigations and studies, which have taken them into nearly every country in the world. Carr has had an outstanding naval career. His deep background in history and geopolitics, coupled with a pennant rating mind, made effective his relentless attempt to trace events back to their source and concepts forward to their ultimate conclusion. The conspiracy is not for the politically naive, rather the product of former universal training or not. It is for those who are already aware that there is a downward slide of our Western civilization under a variety of influences which play in concert beyond what could be expected by mere chance. In writing for such men, Carr displays none of the vindictiveness that characterizes some who profess patriotic leanings. Carl counsels love and patience. He says, You will be judged by the effort you put into the work, not by the results you obtain. You don't have to make yourself a pest. Use patience instead of a club. Use reason instead of abuse. Be kind and considerate instead of pugnacious and aggressive. Start people thinking and then let them feel that they thought the matter out themselves. No wonder Carr's books have been so well received. Some have gone through many printings. Though deceased, one may easily imagine him as being busily engaged in the cause of truth in his present estate. That the conspiracy has ever aimed to see one government established over the world whose powers they could then usurp. This is quite different from the single government which most Christians are awaiting to be created by the Lord. The conspirators have a comprehensive philosophy concerning mankind. They are aware that God created this earth and introduced us here through a method of birth which deprived us of personal knowing of a previous existence. He then adored us with an intellect which could receive inspiration from both good and evil sources. Thus, with a free will bestowed upon him, man was in a position to be tested on this earth as his body put the decisions of his mind into actions toward positive or negative goals. Great career has been taken by the conspirators to ensure that their existence and plans are not revealed through secret oaths, ridicule, and murder. The true doctrine is to be revealed only after their organization has achieved despotic supremacy. Let me pause one moment. I think my thing might shut off here by accident. Oh, I'm still going. Nice. I think. Nice. Anyhow. Let's see. Great care has been taken by the conspirators to ensure that their existence and plans are not revealed through secret oaths, ridicule, murder. The true Doctrine is to be revealed only after the organization has achieved despotic supremacy. Here is revealed a bold and diabolical conspiracy intending to defraud man of his God-given freedom through deceit, horror, and force. The masses are to be flowered with whatever lavish praise and extravagant promises will appeal to them, with understanding the opposite of what we promise may be done afterwards that is of no consequences from the grave carl's voice speaks mail or distribute copies of this issue to everyone you can think of it's marvelous the results that are obtained when a few copies fall into good hands he was ever confident that truth would be victorious now about the book those who find it difficult to accept the fact 
that the United States is a target of a political and economic conspiracies are not ready for this book, which deals with the conspiracy on a much higher level. The average man is not acquainted with the history and documentation involved. Also, it has not yet been brought home to him that the powers of evils are as real as the powers of God. In this book, the readers exposed to Professor Robinson's publish of secret documents and many later disclosures, he is then quickly carried through history by the author who follows the thread of conspiracy through time. Now, about that, before I could continue on, I could kind of show you that the document that he's talking about by Professor Robinson's proof of conspiracy does exist. Like the conspiracy which we're seeing right now, it's a PDF file that you can get for free. And also, let me point that out really quick. Right here, let's see if I could get it. Do I have it? Let's see. If I could pull it up. Let's see, I'm gonna show you. There is that, let's see. Mm. Well, I know it is up. Maybe later I will show it to prove it. Now, as you can see right here, he's written other books as well. And I point out that he's written Pawns and the Game. And... To give you an idea, the timeline for his book, The Conspiracy was written in 1958. So it was written definitely right after World War II. And that's when he wrote the book, The Conspiracy. And as you can see right here, I've kind of poured up pawns in the game. And recently I've been kind of going over it again just to kind of get a clarity of what's happening. It's good to read this every now and then to kind of get a refresher to kind of understand what's all taking place. As you can see right here. Conspiracy, published in 1960, and it was written in 1958. And as we can see, he passed away in 1959. So it was, this book was published in 1960, so it was published right after he passed on. So, let us go ahead and jump right into the conspiracy. Actually, let's go back up a little bit. All right. All right. In 1796, John Robinson, professor of human philosophy and secretary of the Royal Society, Edinburgh, Scotland, 
published documents would have been trusted to his care by members of Weisup's Illuminati, which, while he had been touring Europe prior to the outbreak of the French Revolution in 1789. Robinson was a high-degree Mason. It was for this reason he had been trusted with the secret documents. He had them in his possession for a considerable time before he read them. When he finished, he realized they were a copy of Wysa's revised version of the age-old Luciferian conspiracy and an explanation of how he intended to use the members of the order and sect of the Illuminati to drive it through to its final goal, which is control of the first world government, to be established in the imposition of the Luciferian ideology upon human race by despotic Satanism. John Robinson, publication was entitled Proof of Conspiracy Destroy All Religions and Governments in Europe. The information contained in it simply confirmed what the Bolivian government had published under the title The Original Writings Protocols of the Order and Sect of the Illuminati in 1786, and what Zwack had also published under the title of Any Original Plan to Use Original Skifton. The Bolivian government sent copies of Wysup's plan to use his recently organized Illuminati to destroy all existing governments and religions to all the heads of church and state prior to the outbreak of the French Revolution in 1789. But the warning was ignored. The fact that the Illuminati have had the power to maintain their identity and intention to enslave the human race body, mind, and soul as a secret has enabled the conspirators to develop the conspiracy to its semi-final stage. The purpose of this article is to tell how the conspiracy was developed since 1798 to the present time. Of course, the present time refers to 1958 when Carl lived and written this book. But you can also think even today. We also expose the details of the blueprint drawn up by General Albert Pike, 1850 to 1886, to carry it to its conclusion. Wysot was professor of canon law in Ingolstadt University when he revised and modernized the age-old Luciferian conspiracy to prevent the human race from establishing God's plan for the rule of creation upon this earth so they could ultimately impose the Lutheran ideology upon the Goyim. Goyim is a reference to human cattle. Basically, Goyim refers to others and not them. By means of satanic despotism, from 1770 to 1776, he was financed by the newly organized House of Rothschild in exactly the same way as those who direct the Illuminati's activities today are financed by the tax-free foundations for that purpose by such multi-millionaires as the Rockefellers, Carnegies, and Fords. The Bolivian government discovered Weisop's conspiracy when, in 1786, God struck one of his couriers dead by a stroke of lightning as he rolled through Ratisbon on his way to Paris. The police found a copy of the revised version of the conspiracy in the transit to members of Weisop's Illuminati, who had been charged with the responsibility of fomenting the great French Revolution. This first major project, lead to the ultimate destruction of all governments and religions, was scheduled to break out in 1789. Weisup's plan is extremely simple. He organized the Illuminati 
and then formed the Grand Orient Lodges to infiltrate the Illuminati into blue or European masonry, using the lodges as their secret headquarters. Thus, the conspiracists could operate under the cloak of philanthropy. Weissop never intended that any, any except specially selected masons from the higher degrees should learn the full secret. Only those known to have defected completely from Almighty God were initiated into the higher degrees of the Grand Orient Lodges and told that the Illuminati were a secret organization with the order dedicated the cause of forming a one-world government. In some form, the powers of which they intended to usurp so they could impose their ideology upon mankind, the worship of Lucifer. Weissop stated this action would ensure permanent peace and prosperity. Only initiates into the final degree were permanent to know that the Lucifer ideology was to be opposed on the human race by Satan despotism. As will be proved, only adepts of the final degree are initiated as higher priests of the synagogue of Satan. They worship Lucifer as opposed to our God, whom they name Adonai. The plan the Illuminati put into effect is to use monetary and sex bribery to place influential people under their control. They then use them to further the Illuminati secrets plans. Youths belonging to well-bred families with international leanings are also selected and sent to private schools where Illuminists indoctrinate them with international ideas and train them so they qualify to fill position in politics and religions as specialists, experts, and advisors. The Illuminati then use the wealth, power, and influence of the members to place their agentur in key positions behind the scenes of all governments, financial, industrial, educational, and religious activity. They then mold policies so that it fits in with the Luciferian plan, promote wars and revolutions on an ever-increasing scale. WISAP stipulated that the Illuminati should organize, finance, direct, and control communism, Nazism, and political Zionism to facilitate the Illuminati's task of dividing the world population into opposing camps in ever-increasing numbers. This policy of self-elimination was continued until only communism and Christianity remain as world powers. When this stage of the conspiracy is reached, the Illuminati are to provoke the greatest social catalysm the world has ever known and the goyim controlled by atheistic communists and those who profess Christianity are to be kept fighting until they have slaughtered each other by the tens of millions. It is during these world wars that the devil reaps his richest harvest and soul. This wholesale slaughter is to continue while the Illuminati, their millionaire friends, scientists, and agents relax in safety and luxury in pre-established self-contained sanctuaries. Examples, Southern Florida, the West Indies, and islands of the Caribbean seas. Until both sides have been literally bled white and become absolutely exhausted physically and economically, they will then have no alternative but to accept a one-world government as their only hope. The Illuminati will then usurped the powers of that government and crowned their leader, King Despot of the entire world. Then, and not until then, the synagogue of Satan, who always have and do now control all subversive organizations, will by universal manifestations make known to the Goyim. For the first time, the true light of the pure doctrine of the Luciferian doctrine and oppose the Luciferian ideology upon what remains 
of the human race by means of satanic despotism. Thus, we see that the issue is not temporal and materialistic as those who direct the conspiracy would have us believe. We are involved in a continuation of the Luciferian revolt against the supreme power and authority of Almighty God, whom the Luciferians name Adami. We are taught about the infinite goodness of our God, but we are kept in ignorance of the fact that Luciferian revolt started in the celestial world we call heaven, because Lucifer challenged the supremacy of Adani on the grounds that his plans for the rule of the universe was weak and impractical because it was based on the premise that all lesser beings could be educated into knowing him, loving him, and serving him out of respect for his infinite perfection. Lucifer claimed that the only way to rule the entire universe is to establish a totalitarian dictatorship and enforce the will of the dictator with absolute despotism the word universe, as used by those who have accepted the Lucifer ideology in this and other celestial worlds, means the totality of existing things, including the earth, the heavenly or celestial bodies, and all else throughout space. One cannot understand this all-important subject unless he knows the whole truth. We must know the Lucifer ideology as... Well, as the scriptural history of the struggle which has gone on through the ages of time in this and other worlds between God and Lucifer decide which plan for the rule of creation will finally be put into effect. Unless we know the whole truth, we cannot decide by our God-given talents of intellect and free will. Rather, we wish to accept God's plan and love, serve and obey him for all eternity or literally go to the devil, in other words, Lucifer. The purpose of those who direct the Lucifer and conspiracy is to prevent the masses, the goyim, the human cattle, from knowing the whole truth because they know that if we did, we would automatically accept God's plan. The Luciferans therefore rely upon their ability to lie to and deceive those they plan to enslave by mind and soul into believing anything but the truth. That is the reason Christ referred to the synagogue of Satan, who directed Luciferian conspiracy upon the earth as sons of the devil, whose lust ye shall do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He knows not the truth because the truth is not in him. We must also remember that the words synagogue of Satan do not, repeat not, mean the Jews, because Christ also made perfectly clear a synagogue of Satan are those who call themselves Jews, but are not, and do lie. The synagogue of Satan is composed of men and women of many nationalities, which have their origin in Cain, Eve's son. My knowledge of Luciferian Creed has been acquired by reading all the literature I could obtain dealing with the subject, and by reading and studying translations of the writings of His Eminence Carl E. Rodriguez, Cardinal of Santiago, Chile. I pass on that knowledge in order that you may decide the issue one way or the other. The Luciferian Creed teaches that Lucifer was the brightest and most intelligent of the heavenly hosts. His power and influence was so great that when he challenged the power and supremacy of God, or Adani, he caused a vast number of higher ranks of celestial beings to defect from God and join him. Among these was Satan, the eldest son of Adani. According to Luciferian belief, St. Michael, the archangel, is Satan's brother and the younger son of Adani. The Luciferian teaches the myth that St. Michael defeated those who had espoused the Luciferian cause in heaven. This started the eternal intimacy between Satan and St. Michael. According to the Luciferian teachings, hell is a word used to designate the celestial world to which God banished Lucifer and the more intelligent of the celestial beings who had followed him of their own free will. According to the Lucifer Creed, God, Adonai, decided to give those creatures he considered had been deceived into joining the Lucifer revolt another chance. He therefore created other worlds, including this earth, and inhabited them with the less guilty who defected from him in heaven, at the time of the revolt, he made them in his own 
image and likeness in as much as they were bodies infused with the spiritual light of sanctifying grace. In appearance, they looked the same as Christ when he permitted Peter, James, and John to see him transfigured. God introduced these fallen angels to the new worlds by method of birth, which deprived them of personal knowledge of their previous existence. He told them, however, with an intellect and gave them the use of a free will. Their minds were so constructed that they could receive inspirations from the celestial world, both from those who remained faithful to God and those who had joined the Luciferian cause. Those on trial are intended to sort out these inspirations by using their intellect. The body must put the decisions of the mind into action. All bodily actions must be either positive or negative. Every bodily action is recorded in the book of life. The individual just decides his eternal future. By bodily actions, he proves he has accepted God's plan for the rule of the universe or Lucifer's plan. These results are either good or evil. According to the Luciferian Creed, Luciferian made Satan prince of this world at the time of its creation. His task was to cause our first parents to defect from God, Adonai, and to prevent their progeny from establishing his plan for the rule of creation upon the earth. This creed also teaches that God walked in the Garden of Eden, or was Perez, without parents instructing them regarding his plan and his way of life. Up to this point, there appears no great difference between the teachings of the Luciferian Creed and the Holy Scriptures. The difference began to appear from the time Satan arrived on the scene. The Luciferian Creed teaches to initiate of the lower degrees of the new Palladinian rites as organized by Albert Pike, of which Albert Pike, of which more later, that God Adonai is a jealous and selfish God. He withheld from our first parents knowledge of the pleasures of sexual intercourse, the secret of procreation, because he wished to reserve these pleasures for himself. This is, of course, the lie. God simply postponed making his will regarding procreation known to our first parents until he thoroughly tested their honesty, integrity, and obedience to make sure they were reliable enough to be entrusted with the secret and worthy enough to perform the holy and sacred function which would give others a chance to accept God's plan for the rule of creation. Those initiated into the Nenu Palatine are told that Satan bestowed the greatest possible benefaction upon the human race when he initiated Eve into the pleasure of sexual intercourse, thus making known to her the secret of procreation. The Holy Scripture tells us that Satan caused her to disobey God. Of the tree of knowledge thou shalt not eat, but I promised her that if she accepted his advances, both she and Adam be made equal in power to God and never known death. In other words, Satan introduced Eve to the Luciferian ideology regarding sex and sexual relations, carnal, which are diametrically opposed to God. Intentions, the act of procreation, was to be performed by one man and one woman, united for life in the bonds of matrimony. The ritual was to be performed in strict privacy. The love play was to be based on mutual expressions of joy, appreciation, devotion, and gratitude, each shown for the other. The climate was to be reached by the spiritual desire of both parties to promote God's plan for the habitation of the world by creating another being who would grow up to love, honor, and obey God so as to live happily with him forever.
Satan's conquest of Eve was an entirely different matter, as it is reenacted in the ritual of the Adonisite Mass, Black Mass. According to the ritual in this Mass, Satan's love play was calculated to arouse the animal passions in Eve to the point when the gratification of the sexual urge overcame all other considerations. He taught her to be voluptuous instead of modest and restrained to be promiscuous instead of constant to her spouse to engage in perversions and indulge in excesses instead of moderation. According to Satanism, it is perfectly normal to use any medium to gratify the sexual urge, regardless of whether it be animal or human. The Babylon Talmud, based on the Kabbalistic teachings of the promoters of the Luciferian conspiracy, teaches it is perfectly proper for a man to use children as young as three years of age to satisfy his diabolical animal passions. The Luciferian creed claims Cain was born as a result of the union between Satan and Eve. Knowing these horrors regarding sex are according to the Luciferian ideology, we can recognize the satanic influence which inspires such ideas. But it is hard to understand how ministers of Christian denominations can expound the following theories regarding the marriage act. Recently, we read in church publications which voice the opinions of the leaders of two different denominations. That is perfectly right and proper for a marriage couple to engage in sexual intercourse anywhere convenient, at any time, including the menstrual period, and in any position, providing the act term, uh, terminates in the way which permits of conception. After reading this abominationable advice was concluded, the authors had undoubtedly kept their vows a celibacy. There is a vast difference between sexual indulgence for the sake of merely gratifying animal passions and the holy sacred relation entered into by a man with his wife who is and remains pure in body, mind, and soul. Gratifying animal pleasure is gross, aggressive, often perverted and sadistic. The act of love and affection performed between a man and his wife in love with one another is a holy and sacred ritual which is truly termed a sacrament. Under the influence of the Illuminati, propaganda, far too many individuals have entered the marriage contract for the purpose of legalizing sexual relations. Many marriages are nothing but legalized prostitution, still more. Marriages are marriages of convenience. It is of any wonder, then, that we humans are born with this stain of original sin. We are conceived in sin because the act of procreation is not in accordance with the will of God, but in keeping with the perversion introduced by Satan when he seduced Eve. God, in his anger with our first parents, withdrew the light of sanctifying grace from their bodies. Because of their sin, they were reduced from the status of immortals to mortals and were condemned to suffer privations, physical suffering, sickness, and death. But God, in his mercy and goodness, through his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, gave us another chance to reject the Luciferian ideology as taught by Satanists and accept his plan for the rule of creation. If what we explain is not the truth, then why does the Roman Catholic Church put such great importance on the dogma of the Immaculate Conception of Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ? The Roman Catholic faith requires all its members to believe that Mary is the only human being born without the stain of original sin because she conceived of the Holy Ghost in accordance with God's plan for the process of procreation. If Satan had used a perverted version of the sexual relationship to wean Adam and Eve away from God, then why is it advent of Christ and still immaculate themselves in order to prove that they reject sex as introduced to the human race in its perverted form by Satan? The Scopsticy believe that only by emasculating themselves they can devote themselves 100% to the service of Almighty God and establish of His plan for the rule of creation upon the earth. The Scopsticy scoff at ministers and priests of the Christians who are afraid to emasculate them so they can render perfect service to Almighty God. 
Christ's apostles were often asked by those who wished to become their disciples if self-emasculate was mandatory. St. Matthew deals with this very dedicated question in chapter 10, verses 7 through 12. Verse 12 reads, For there are eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to receive it, let him receive it. Dealing with the same subject, St. Paul told his followers that it is better for human beings to renounce sexual relations as based on the perverted version of sexual relation. Separates many human beings from Almighty God that cause Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1 through 7 to be written into the Holy Scriptures. Brethren, even as you have learned from us how you ought to walk and to please God, as indeed you are walking, we beseech and extort you in the Lord Jesus to make even greater progress. For you know that the precepts I have given you to you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. And you abstain from immorality, that every one of you learn how to possess his vessel in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles, the Luciferians or Satanists, who do not know God. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is on this premise that St. Augustine has based his opinion that it was a perversion of the sexual relationship, as intended by Almighty God, coupled with disobedience by Adam and Eve, and to his law and revealed plan for the rule of creation, aggravated by a display of lack of faith, in his perfections and infinite goodness, which constitutes original sin. Once this great truth is accepted and understood, it is a simple matter to understand how the continued Luciferian conspiracy has been developed on this earth for the purpose of enslaving the survivors of the human race, body, mind, and soul. It also explains the current flood of sex appeal by radio, TV, pornographic pictures, lewd displays of the female figure, sexy song, Presley rhythm, rock and roll. Voltaire wrote that, In order to lead the masses into a new subjection, the Illumini must lie to them like the devil himself, not timidly or for a time only, but boldly and always. He told his fellow Luminous, We must make them lavish promises and use extravagant phrases. The opposite of what we promise may be done afterwards that is of no consequences. It is on the premise that a human being can't indulge in can't indulge his sexual desires and serve God efficiently. That causes the Roman Catholic Church to require those who seek holy orders to take the vow of chastising and celibacy. But most revealing of all is the fact that the knowledge of the terrible and tremendous influence sex as taught by Satanism has over the lives of its adepts that some men who have been admitted as high priests of Luciferian creed have emasculated themselves or the doctors to emasculate them to prevent, se prevent sexual consideration interfering with their determination to establish the Luciferian totalitarian dictatorship upon this earth. According to reliable sources of information, Kadar is one such person. One of America's leading magazines, Late in 1956, published a story of how Qadar took over in Hungary and put an end to the abortive uprising. The author claimed Qadar had been emasculated by his enemies while in their custody. That statement is a lie. Qadar was castrated by his own physician at his own request. He wished to become a perfect adept of the Luciferian cause. Qadar is such a fanatic that, after he had suppressed the Hungarian revolt, he ordered 45,000 Hungarian youths who had been taken prisoners to be emasculated. He then sent them to special camps where they have been trained to become agenter of the Illuminati to be used to develop the Luciferian conspiracy in its final phrase. This is all very horrible, but true. NBN stated in 1956 that the Hungarian revolt had been organized by the Illuminati outside 
hungry. And that its purpose was to test out in actual practice the feasibility of Pike's plan to broke the final social catalysism between people controlled by atheistic communists and those who profess Christianity. Evans since received proofs we were absolutely correct in our contentions. The Lutheran Creed teaches that the Lutheran conspiracy advanced at such a pace that God decided to send St. Michael on earth in the form of Jesus Christ to halt the conspiracy and rout those who comprise the synagogue of Satan. It also teaches that St. Michael, who they thought was Christ, failed in his mission. Pike built up the ceremonial of the Adonisite Mass around the seduction of Eve by Satan, the Lutheran victory over Christ and his death at the instigation of the Illuminati. Christ didn't come to redeem us by setting us free from the bonds of Satan, with which we are bound. He told us Satan had obtained control over all those in high places in government, religion, the science and social services, his birth, and his stable proves to us that if we were to wish to establish God's plan for the rule of creation upon this earth, we must start at the bottom to educate the majority of mankind. Christ made it abundantly clear that it was hopeless and useless to even try to start at the top. Acceptance of this lesson will create a spiritual revolution.